everybody and welcome to This Woman Can. My guest this week is Pauline Joseph and with an upbringing in Trinidad and Barbados, her company AC Marketing Caribbean was born out of her desire to make sense of the collision of cultures within whilst using digital to share her client stories. The business model of her business is centred around remote working. From inception, she never saw the need to rent an office, instead use resources to build a digital infrastructure. Her team is project-based and works directly with clients to translate their requirements into content creation. She's an avid athlete and participates in Ironman competitions and has so far completed the NYC and Shanghai races. So as you can see, Pauline and her organisation definitely falls into the STEM field. So I really do hope you enjoy the conversation. And don't forget to rate, review, share and subscribe wherever you listen to this week's podcast. Take care. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's edition of This Woman Can and my guest this week is Pauline Joseph as I talk talking to women more in the science tech STEM fields Pauline is from Trinidad via the way of Barbados or grew up in both but we'll get into that uh, as we go through the interview so Pauline hello and thank you so much for joining me today Thank you so much for having me. I am so ecstatic to speak to another person as an extrovert. So <laughs> being under lockdown, I welcome these opportunities. <laughs> what, gave it, what gave it away? Right. <laughs> so, so, thank, so thanks for joining me, as I said. So let's kick off by you sharing with us a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today when it comes to your career and the work you do. Right. So I am the owner of AC Marketing Caribbean. It's a digital marketing agency is what the world will will see it as. But I see us more of content creators, Caribbean content creators. And we have clients uh, all over the Caribbean and sometimes all over the world, depending on the time of the, <laughs> the year. And what I have been able to do is create a remote working scenarios. So I've been doing this for the last 10 years and I've never wanted an office. It's never been part of the plan. Okay. And uh, I came, I kind of stumbled onto this career because uh, I didn't have the opportunity to extend my schooling beyond Combermere. Shout out to my fellow Combermereans. The agents will know what I mean. And what happened was uh, I kind of had to figure it out. You know, I didn't. I mean, my parents are still alive. They did what they had to do. Yeah. But guidance wasn't one of their 40. Neither was their children. <laughs> I know it sounds bad, but it is what it is. It's the past, whatever. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, Facebook was something that I gravitated towards. And when I started this business, I, I still remember people like, why would you even pay anybody to go on Facebook? And um, they eventually did. And what I was able to do is learn, adapt. I remember back in the day, I would charge <laughs> the equivalent of like 200 US a month to manage a, a, a Facebook page. I scoff at that now. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was purely through survival, to be honest. Um, and I also saw the opportunity to use uh, social media to reduce advertising spend, which, by the way, I thought was going to be so easy. You know, I thought that telling businesses that I'm going to save them so much money and yeah. achieve what they want would have been 
a top seller. It's all a lie, guys. It's all a lie. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a great introduction to what we do and why I'm here. <laughs> so, so how did you get into that? You didn't roll out of bed thinking this is what I'm going to do. So how did you get it? How did you get into that aspect of it? What sparked your interest? Well, uh, it's it's funny when I look back at it now. Each element, each part of my work experience brought me here. When you look at my uh, LinkedIn profile, which I'm very active on the LinkedIn profile. Uh, it, it's sort of a mismatch of industries. My friends always laugh and ask, what have you not done? Mm. So I have been a bartender. I feel like that's automatic. I used to live in Norbury. I actually um, was a bartender in Brixton. That's a whole other story. Okay. Uh, I worked at BMW Parkland as an administrator. That, I believe, was a pivotal point for my ability, my career, because I was able to showcase that I can be a Caribbean person on a global scale and execute. Because I actually came in for a maternity leave individual, and I made her job easier when she came back. She knew that. She actually made a, a, a comment on it in a card. Um, so from there, when I moved back to, to Barbados, I started as a sales manager of a uh, bakery, a very popular, well, some people would say the second most popular um, for the Bajans out there. It's the best salt bread out there. Um, you all know who I mean. And it did not end well because I saw an opportunity to invest in marketing. I saw the, the opportunity to go beyond just going into supermarkets and going on the shelves, you know, merchandising and all these little things. I said, you know, let's invest in a website. Let's invest in a Facebook page, which they still have up to this day. And they reached out to me a couple of months ago, funny enough. Uh, and then I realized it wasn't going anywhere because it's that old school way of thinking. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily have a big plan. I just said, you know, this is not for me. I could still hear my mother now. Why would you just leave a job? All your young people. <laughs> you're just, you're just because you don't like something doesn't mean you can't, you know, go to work every day. You don't have to like your job. Well, I proved her wrong 10 years later. Uh, but yeah, so from there, I saw the opportunity and I, I registered the business and my very first client, up, I still remember, was Bank Spare Barbados. Okay. And from there, you know, I learned how to create content and manage individuals. Fabulous, fabulous. So you talked about the the zigzag journey because, you know, the, the road to greatness is, well, they want to say to pay for good intentions, but it's never straight, you know. So so what has been, can you describe for us, Pauline, uh, one of the biggest challenges you've faced um, or how you tackle challenges? Because you must... You, you alluded to one there, obviously trying to change people's mindsets and stuff. But how do you how do you face challenges and how how do you learn the lessons from them? For AC marketing, I think one of my biggest challenges, uh, and I can say that in hindsight now, was. Uh, you know, the idea of working hard, I thought that's what I needed to do. I thought I needed to present myself in a particular way, showcase what is possible, yeah. and that's all that mattered. But 
it's interesting when you are fed a lot of North American content, you know, there's one guy in particular, Gary V I've, I've seen him live and it's just, it's obviously it feels inspirational, Yeah. but then when you get back on a plane and go home, it's an entirely different world. And for me, the challenge has been the type of conversations. I thought 10 years later, it would have changed. Right. Um, so the biggest challenge for me now uh, sorry, not for me, back then, not now, but back then, was not knowing when to say, okay, this person is not the right fit yes. for my business. Yeah, I think yes. I was always knocking on the door and going back in hopes, which is, I think, a trait I learned from my mother. She has the will of a, I don't even know, <laughs> just like the strength there to just keep going, you know? And I thought all I needed to do is keep going and keep, you know, knocking on as many doors as possible and not necessarily working smart. Um, I will never forget uh, one of my managers. I used to work in a construction company, rentals. And um, she once told me, she's, you know, she said, you, you're at, you work very hard because I was there till 10. I was learning how to do QuickBooks because I just felt, always felt as though I was never enough because I did not have college or university experience. Yeah. So I always was working very hard. And she said to me, and this was actually a friend of mine through hockey. That's how I got the job. And she's like, you know, you work hard, but you have to learn how to work smart. And at the time when she said it to me, I was angry. I was like, this bitch, how could she do it? And now I look back at it and that's one of the best things she could have ever told me. And, and I think that would be uh, one of the biggest challenges yeah. I had uh, starting the business. Yeah. yeah. So when you talk about working smart, I, I think I've got an idea what you're talking about, my, my interpretation. But for the listeners, for the what, for the viewers, tell me what you mean by working smart, how that made a difference for you. Okay, so I'm going to get a little, probably rub a few wrong shoulders with political correctness here. But um, people see me in a specific way, right? And I may have an idea of who I am. You know, I know who I am. And if you decide to invest in time, you'll figure that out. Like there's no, if there's one thing about me, I'm pretty authentic. I yes. don't know how to hide. Yes. My, my friends always tell me my, I have um, verbal diarrhea, not yes. non-verbal diarrhea because you could see it in my face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is people don't understand that they make biased decisions, right? And I think the denial of that is one of the biggest problems. Yeah. So I ask specific questions now. I'm very specific with my questions. I've been able to create a system that I ask questions. I have um, a lot of automation involved as well, where I say, okay, cool, you're interested in my service. Let's break down what you need. Yeah. And if you have a broad idea you know you're like oh well I want to reach everybody that's a red flag mm -hmm. right yeah. and then on top of that the culture of the business your understanding of what it means to be um uh in your business and and your customer and then uh, just to kind of close it off which I was talking about the, the biases I've had somebody tell me this is a woman in a business decision making position she was asking about kids because, you know, I don't have any. Apparently, I am primed to have some. I'm almost later. So my my um, parents are in demise and so is the rest of society. And she said, don't worry, you'll eventually want. And people don't realize that from a subconscious level, what you've done is 
you've cut me off from opportunities because we hire, we tend to hire people who look like us yes. and do things yes. like us. Yes. So yes. you may think it's just a bypass or whatever, making joke, whatever, but chances are I will never get a job or contract from her because that's her mindset, right? Mm-hmm. And I have to be okay with that, but it took a while for me to get here. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I think those biases across, like you say, across a lot of things, I, I certainly working. Well, having the, you've worked in the UK. I grew up and did most of my working life in the UK. And now in the, um, in the, in the Caribbean, I also see the biases I didn't think I would see in my naivety. I'd probably say my naivety because, you know, having, having, having had such, I suppose, in a being a black woman in a white world and in, in air quotes, having, you know, it's blatant in your face when you are being, profiled or the biases are coming up you think coming into uh, a, a, a dominantly black country you wouldn't experience those but it, it it's much much different it is yeah I was proven wrong <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love what you say there because that's a great conversation to have right because I feel like when you know something is there you tend to be able to work around it. So you've, yeah. you've been, it's visible to you. So I say, okay, yeah. cool. There's biases that exist. I'm going to work around it or just evade it altogether and focus on this instead. Whereas there's a lot of microaggressions in the Caribbean and it's yeah. something that I wish I knew, or maybe I, even if somebody told me, I probably would not have believed them. I still remember to this day when I figured it out um, that it really doesn't matter how good I am. I, you know, it's like when you watch those movies, it's like, no, things don't happen like that. Um, yeah, Janice, it kind of did for me. It was kind of weird. I was um, fighting for a contract and I worked on this particular client for six months or was it a year? I don't know. It was for a while. It was a global yeah. client. Yeah. And we showed how well we did with comparison to, you know, their competitors, we had evidence and a local company was vying and saying, you know, they didn't even have a a replacement. They just thought that we weren't good enough because our prices were too high. And I, but the older me would have fight down and reduce my price, but I knew my worth. I know, I know my worth. Right. And it took, a decade of, <laughs> you know, in debt and doing all these different things and figuring out, I know what's out there as well. And we are much better than anything that's out there. Yeah. And I went for a run and I was, I can remember I was running up Chancellor Hill. I can't remember what I was training for. I, I do triathlon, so I, I'm always training for something. And I was running, I said, why is it that I am getting such backlash for something that I've proven that I am good enough. And then it was like, oh, okay. You're the black woman in the room. I literally was the only black woman in the room. So it's just, it's something that I had to cope and and realize, okay, this is an issue and I need to figure out what I want out of this business and who I want to work for. Absolutely. And I love how you touched on there about, because there's a level of confidence that that comes with being being knowing your worth and knowing when to say no this isn't for me this isn't for me or this isn't the direction I want to go and that is um it's not something you're born with 
I think you, you have to take a few bruises and a few knocks along the way to realize, okay, I'm not compromising on this. This is, this is not something I want to compromise on that. So how did you, or how would you, what advice would you give to a woman who's thinking, wow, that's really confident. I wish I had a bit of that. Um, how, would you, how would you advise a woman? What advice would you give to a woman who just wants to feel a little more confident and comfortable in taking the approach as she is? Uh, the first thing I know out there, the first thing most people tell, tell you is to have the right people around you. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I don't have that. Um, I, I'm still searching for it. Uh, but if you don't have that option, I would say experience is a must because one of the things that led me to, to that point was I spent, uh, 12 months. It was my only actual time in the corporate world in Trinidad in a huge company right. <laughs> that gave me exposure to what other agencies were charging and what exactly, yeah their their um list of okay these are the services and i knew what was out there right. so that type of information through experience i have been down in the trenches i mean i think i was <laughs> i probably make the trenches um so for me it, it it was experience experience and just being able to fail and survive and right. come back again right right and that leads me very nice into my next question when you talk about failure, because what, how has failure made a positive difference in your life? Before I answer that, I need to preface this by saying okay. when I was struggling, when I would hear people say, I mean, failure is part of the journey leading towards it. I mean, I think even um, Beyonce has a song leading towards the failure. I'd be like, F you, what are you talking about? I can't even pay my rent. I have to go and stay by some French couch, uh, friend's couch. What are you talking about? This is ridiculous, you know? Um, and I think it's important for you to realize that don't always stare towards the motivational quotes because that's not good for your mental health, right? Um, I know it's important for you to lean in towards it because it's a goal. And one of the things is when you're doing something new that nobody has ever done, you're going to <laughs> bat up against so many different um, hurdles, walls, and just understand that that is part of the journey. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to failure, wait, what was the question again? That preface was, was so long, that, sorry. How has failure made a positive difference in your life? Oh, right. So for me, uh, I, I need to parallel it to my journey to learn to swim, right? I learned to swim five years ago. And when I look back at it now, I realize that the fear is part of um, the failure, but you have to be okay afterwards. So just do it anyway. Yeah. And for me, it has been a case of, okay, you survived that. You survived the 25 meters swim and you're still living. You know, you survived the 10 no's that companies gave you. Mm. That's okay. You know, you know what the end goal looks like. You know what the finish line looks like. Just keep going because they don't get it. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it has changed my mindset because the idea of failure growing up has been this 
mind stopping, don't move, stay in your couch, you know, turn off the lights, don't yeah. talk to anybody. Yeah. But it's it's genuinely a, a, an opportunity that you're yeah. going to figure out eventually, just not when it happens. <laughs> and, and, and I'm glad you said that because the one thing that really stood out for me, um, I've lived out here for 10 years now, uh, 10 years. And yes, whilst we were, whilst I was growing up in the UK, I was always told you had to be 10 times better than anybody else because you're black, et cetera, et cetera. The usual tropes, you got that. And then you come out here and I often, when it comes around CSEC time or exam time, and I see the level of pressure on children and I hear they have got 18 straight A's. And I'm like, boy, did they have a life? Now I understand, I understand wanting, you know, your children to be a success, to be a success. But then there's for that one, that person at the top, there's how many umpteen who, who, who who's not who's been almost been deemed a failure, you know, because you know, you, you're not number one. And I've always seen that pre- that level of pressure. I, I always wondered how much that level of pressure plays out on children as they grow older because they've been told they're a failure when you're looking at, wow, but you've done fantastically well, all those, all those grades and all those passes. And, the, and, and sometimes I think the, the focus of to be the best at everything, you know, and that failure is not an option, is a little more detrimental because when you go in the real world, Failure slaps you like a bitch, you know. I mean, you know, it comes hard, it comes fast. It doesn't matter what your background is, doesn't matter where you come from, it's gonna get you, you know, and how we and how we building up ourselves. And so until we've had that that first failure, dare I say, and I've had many, um, do you learn how to build how to build that resilience gene and how to bounce back and how, especially like now in this whole pandemic situation where you look at how people are really struggling and don't know where to go. And I'm like, like you, my business has been digital um, for, for, for a while since I start since I started out of the corporate world. But I haven't panicked and, you know, and he's been able to say, well, OK, this has happened. But how do I there's an opportunity here somewhere. I just haven't spotted it. But I'm going to find it. That's. That's such a good point because I've been I've been asking a lot of small business owners in Trinidad, you know, what are you doing? What's the plan? I spoke to a makeup artist and, you know, obviously no one's going anywhere. Yeah. And it has, the, the majority of responses has been sort of, eh, you know, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, and I just found, Oh, that's because I've failed so many times. I'm excited by the pivoting of this. Yes. You know, what does this mean for your business? How can you translate? Because you have so many people attention yeah. span now online because yeah. they're spending more time online. Yeah. How can you translate your business even further? Yeah. Because they're not coming into your store. Yeah. But we don't have a society like that because most people get opportunities through connections, not through actual working yes. hard. Yeah, yeah. And the minute you just said that, I was like, oh, then you could do this, you could do that. Automatically, I started flicking in my head what you could try. Now, it may not work the first time, but I'm going to find a way to make it work and learn from what didn't work so I can turn it turn it around. So, yeah, it's a, like you say, it's a, the failure, the failure is positive mindset. Um, mm. It's it, something you definitely acquire. So, so, so Pauline, well, by the way, I'm loving this conversation and the learning to swim thing, totally. I am 15 years old and I always <laughs> want to do a triathlon, but the water always freaks me out. I ride the bike, I can run marathons, but I get in the water and I just lose it. 
totally lose it. I did again over it. I think it was probably I'd lost a job at the time and I was going, I did something, but I, I got comfortable, but then I've lost it again. So you think mm. surrounded by water, I'd get in, I'd, you think surrounded by water, I'd get into it again. But I, I admire that. I admire that, especially did it five years ago. It's not like a child. It's just a big woman, an adult getting over that fear. So um, I will I will take that under advisement and keep it and use you as my <laughs> As my uh, motivator when I'm thinking about it. I think, as you say that, that also goes back into the the question you asked about failure, right? So as a person who's grew up athletic, I've always been good at things when I now start, right? Completely crappy at the swimming. Um, But what I've had to do is also become, I shouldn't say comfortable, also be understanding of the journey for being last every time I get out of the water in a triathlon event like that's that's just how it is because all those people in front of me had an opportunity to learn since they were small so their body already like sorted you know uh chances are they're not gonna catch me on the bike but I'm gonna come out last in the water and I have to say okay you know, I'm moving towards something yeah. bigger and faster, but for now, this is just part of the journey. And I think sometimes we try to get tied up with the people around us yeah. and yeah. their journey is not yours. It's, it's cliche, not, but it's, it's true. No, it's very true. <laughs> when, I, when I started running, I know we're digressing a little bit. When I started running, I'd say to mom, I'm going to a race and I'd come back to you. You didn't win. I'm like, mom, mom, you know, my first marathon I was doing my second leg, my second half of the marathon when I could hear the, the, hear the winner coming in to win because it was ran on the same track. I said, you know, mom, I'm not going to win. But my attitude is the race is against me and I get the same medal, the same T-shirt, the same cup as the winner. So I'm good. You know, so I totally understand what you mean again, you know, not looking around the other people. And, and I'm, I'm assuming you're a Strava person. I am. Uh, see, so we won't get again, but Strava segments, that's all I'm going to say. So <laughs> I have a few QMs, okay? <laughs> I'm going to look for you. But anyway, so Pauline, if you had to start over from scratch, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? So I saw this question in a list and I don't have the capacity to answer this question because I I just don't think it is, I, I don't like looking back. I don't know. Maybe okay. it's an issue, my own mental issue, but looking back at stuff is just so weird because I am, I, uh, I am a, a combination of my environment and my choices. So I don't know. I just, I guess I would probably harbor the fact that, you know, hardworking is just not enough. I guess I don't even know. Sorry. I don't know. That doesn't okay, answer your question. Okay. So let, so let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this question. Then. I know you don't like having them on the back, but what advice would you give your teenage self? Oh, wow. Um, oh, gosh. At the risk of, of plagiarizing Steve Jobs, uh, don't be, uh, I guess, don't be fooled by dogma. Okay. Um, uh, and it's okay to feel uh, alone, although the room is filled with people. I grew up with uh, five other siblings and um, 
I've always felt like an outsider. Okay. And it's okay. It's okay to feel like that because it's not that you are wrong. It's just that they're not seeing what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. I really like that. And you touched on Steve Jobs there as, as, as you know, as, as a quote. So let me ask you, if you could choose a mentor, uh, alive, dead, whatever, who would it be and why? Uh, I think it would be Arlene Dickinson. I actually saw her first on uh, is it dragons then the canadian vision she is a business owner who runs an agency like me and uh, i like how she made the decisions that she did for the people that she supported and her mindset so that would be right now because you know your your personality and goals change but yeah that, that that would be the person absolutely thank you thank you so what are the three things have you learned about yourself during your career um i (laughs) i feel like a majority of that is definitely um has sort of uh concentrated itself during last year with the lockdown pandemic um so i would say that i i second guess myself a lot and that is because of the overthinking um uh, and the independence is something that I had to create in order to survive and it is something that I need to work on because just because I'm able to do it doesn't mean that I should and the last thing is I learned that it takes me a long time to figure out that I'm good at something because I'm always trying to look for the next finish line. Sorry guys, but you know, it's going to get a lot of parallels to, to racing, but I'm always looking for something um, bigger and better and never taking the time out to realize that I am enough right now. Yeah. And you know, being able to focus on something. Because in the Caribbean, we tend to, I see it all the time in LinkedIn profiles, we have five and six different positions. And I don't know what we're searching for, but me, I kind of had to reflect on that. There's some some um, childhood trauma there as well. And I think that's important um, to kind of stop and realize, okay, Yes, you want to separate yourself from your business, but you are also your business. And these decisions are made from how you are brought up. So this is affecting your business. So how can you work on this so it's better for the business? And obviously deal with whatever um, issues that had growing up. Fabulous, fabulous. So let's just talk and the work you do. So, you you know, you've had a taste of corporate life. You've been an entrepreneur. For, uh, for, for a significant amount of time, far longer than me, so I'm learning from you. So what are the benefits, would you say, are the advantages of being an entrepreneur maybe in the space you're in? I would say, um, you know, I'm a digital native and I see people use this word a lot, but I'm going to explain what that means. Anytime there's a problem, 
I look for technology to solve it first, not humans. And I think that that has allowed me the flexibility and um, sort of the space to do things um, it would probably take 10 people to do. Uh, And being in that space also has allowed me to manage my team so much better. So I've been able to learning on the go, managing people. I'm a people person. I've always been, um, I I get my energy from engaging with people, but um, being able to manage them is different because you could like somebody, but they're not doing a job. So being in the space that I'm in has made me be able to measure their work much more more easily. And funny enough, during the pandemic, I had to let go somebody um, and it was purely because of the work so mm-hmm. I, it, it was it was a hard one because she was with me from the, the beginning but you could see the transitioning from the excitement from being with the job to just not wanting to do it anymore right. and it was it was only feasible because I could have seen it it, it was visible so there's no longer there's not an yeah. opinion it's yeah. actually there so yeah. that that's that's what it is Fabulous, fabulous. And I like and I like and I like that. I definitely like that. So we're coming to the last couple of questions now. So I'll take you out of the hot seat shortly. So and I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Where would we find you on a Saturday morning at 10 o'clock? <laughs> you know, I'm either cycling, running, or swimming. <laughs> or both. <laughs> and, and what is it about traffic? Because uh, the triathlon is on my one of my yeah one of my bucket lists again but it's the water issue i got the marathons all that kind of stuff and fine so what is it about the about, about the about the the um what's what i'm not looking at expertise the sport of triathlon because that's three different disciplines three different disciplines what is it about that excites you or or keep or you know interests you so much so first of all as i mentioned before you know i tend to want to keep looking for the finish line but the the fact that this has three disciplines, yeah. it's gonna be a while before <laughs> I master all of these three, right? But it all 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 started when I wanted to learn how to swim. So I I played hockey, field hockey for oh gosh, I could back in the day I could say half my life, but I can't say half my life now, like fifteen years, and um. I got an injury, which side note, if you have your, your kids out there playing sports, always do your research on the coaches. And if you're warming up and stretching, because triathlon has changed my life when it comes to that. We're not taught on certain things. You just say, go and run, go and, you know, just go hard, hard, hard. And it's not, again, not working smart, working hard. So when the physiotherapist said, well, I think you need to stop. I was like, what? Blasphemous. No way. Never. And then age came and I was like, ha, where are you going? So I decided, okay, on my bucket list has been to learn how to swim, but I am very goal oriented. So yeah. I will never forget the first time I wrote a list, I was 17 years old and the, it was like 20 things I'm missing. The bottom of the list was a laptop, right? <laughs> and it took a year and a half because I was going through some stuff, had to send my siblings to school. I was basically raising them. So it was like, you know, little things here and there. So one, I'll never forget the day I crossed off that laptop. I realized I was addicted to list making. It is just the yeah. most <laughs> amazing feeling. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn how to swim. 
And because I am a decent cyclist, I grew up cycling. Um, I used to cycle around London all the time, actually. Um, and I'm a decent runner because of hockey. I just need to figure out the swimming part and the in-between transitioning. And since then, I've gone from feeling so amazing <laughs> going across the 25-meter pool in YMCA in Trinidad to doing a 1900-meter swim in Shanghai um, in 2018 and finishing my first half Ironman. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So, so then this leads on to this question then. What does success feel like to you? Whew, so this question is heavy. I feel like this is a little therapy, Janice. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, because I thought I knew what it was, and this pandemic has made me realize that I, I want to create content that moves people, drives them to do something positive. Yeah. And I feel like I've just been, I've been making a fast food of content, making content to drive behavior for brands. Um, which it's just, it's part of, uh, of the ecosystem uh, that we're, we're in. I guess I have to be part of the problem before I'm part of the solution. Um, but COVID has taught me that we're nothing without people. We are literally, this is this, we are so connected. Imagine this came from a tiny village in China. Like if we didn't fit, if we don't know how we are now, we will never understand how connected we are. So if that is the case, it doesn't matter how much money I make if I become the next Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. If people aren't effective in a, affected in a positive way by what I'm doing, then I have to ask myself, why am I doing it? Right. So I really have a big question mark as to what success looks like, but it's never, it's never been about money for me. Well, it's not so much look. The word is feel. And there's a difference. There's a difference. True. Uh, I would say success. You know, my dream for my business has been to build a company that shifts our mindset as to what it means to be employed. Right. So I've had clients. I mean, I jumped in a plane. And I went to New Zealand. Our one of our clients was based out of New Zealand. Um, we have a, a potential client coming out to Singapore and content is something that can be created all across the world. And I would love to have more Caribbean based content creators yes. to be yeah. able to, to, to employ them and say, listen, this whole working from home thing is not temporary. This is something that you can live. This is not a dream. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult, but success would be, for my business and it, how, how it would feel like is saying, okay, I've have, you know, a group of content creators in Jamaica, Barbados, Antigua, Trinidad, and we're creating content that is globally accepted and also from a Caribbean perspective. So I would say that would, in the context of my business, that's how success looks like for me. Fabulous. Fabulous. Thank you for that answer. And I'm going to take you out of the hot seat a little bit. So Pauline, <laughs> if it is, Persons want to know more about what you do or connect with you. How can they do that? Well, LinkedIn, I, I'm pretty active there. Just search for my name, Pauline Joseph. Um, my business is AC Marketing Caribbean, so you can go on the website. But um, 
for the most part, there's LinkedIn and as well as we do, a, uh, I started the LinkedIn local chapter in the Caribbean and we do a podca- podcast called Live from the Caribbean. Um, but I would say LinkedIn is the best place to find me. <laughs> so LinkedIn it is. So Pauline, that was my last question. I am taking you out of the hot seat. It's been fabulous speaking to you. I'm going to speak to you more because um, we have so many synergies. But um, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me and the audience and the viewers today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And for the women out there, I think now is the time more than ever for us to create little uh, pockets of groups for ourselves and support ourselves. Because for so long, media has has given us this picture, I mean, of women being catty and not okay. being together. Yeah. And it's almost as if that became our truth. But I had to unlearn that. And I think it's, imp- it's impossible for us to do this alone. So let's just, you know, support each other. Fabulous. And you can do that by joining the This Woman Can community at www.thiswomancan.coach. There's a nice little plug. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, so much to take away from that interview this week. and But I'm just going to take away two things, two things that really stood with me. One was what um, Pauline said about getting excited by failure. Because for me, failure really is how you learn. That's how you get to improve. That's how you get to make the change you need to change in the future, the things you need to do. And the second thing was that recognizing that their journey, the other person, whoever you're looking at, whoever you're envious of, their journey is not yours. So don't go comparing yourself to somebody else or what they've done because we're not on the same path. You've not had the same journey. You've not had the same conditions. So those are my two great takeaways for me this week. Let me know what yours are. Don't forget you can um, leave a message wherever you listen to this podcast or info or email me, should I say, info at JanniceSutherland.com. And don't forget you can join the online community of This Woman Can. So it's www.thiswomancan.coach. So until next time, take care. And remember, if I can, you can, this woman can. Take care.